Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 210. Have you requested your seven-day free version of the Positive Productivity Planner yet? If not, I want to encourage you to go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP and pick up your copy today. This free version of the planner is going to help get you on track of leading a more positive and productive personal and professional life. Again, you can get your copy at thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Paula Brown. Paula is a heartist and is the owner of Chi Lightful. And Paula, you can describe what you do so much better than I can. So I'm going to pass it over to you again. Welcome. Hi, Kim, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, productivity is key in my my point of view, and positive is even better. So I am a heartist, and that means that I draw out figuratively and literally the heart essence of people's purpose and their big ideas. I'm a graphic facilitator. I'm a quick quick sketch artist, as well as a purpose coach, and I help folks, especially leaders get unstuck and be able to show their wonderful big ideas so they can actually succeed them and share them and move forward. So, and put the heartbeat back into their business by showing and telling. We're telling today in audio. Can you imagine what I could show in visual storyboard after this interview? Well, I can. And listeners, I want to invite you to go over to the coaching page on my website because one of Paula's pieces uh, amazing pieces is right at the top of the page and it's a it's just a pictorial representation of chronic idea disorder and it's amazing I love it thank you again Paula it's just phenomenal yeah it's it's a it's a product of finding the essence of what all of myself as a creative solo entrepreneur goes through constantly is that bright and shiny new object that we chase all the time instead of going and diving deep for our purpose and our what and building our foundation from that and really sticking with it. So I love the title that you gave to it, The Chronic Idea Disorder. I just absolutely fell in love with that. And so it's all the holes we jump into thinking, thinking, thinking that by doing these things that everybody else is doing and we're hearing about, we're going to succeed and move our business forward. So I think you're doing a great job of getting people to run on the surface and use their foundation of purpose to, to reach goals with. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And actually, I had to confess that chronic idea disorder was the result of chronic idea disorder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, I forgot to even mention, listeners, if you haven't been there before, you can go to thekimsutton.com forward slash coaching to see that image. And also before I forget to mention, but I'm sure I'll mention it later in this episode for all the show notes and links and ways that you can get in touch with Paula, you can visit thecamsutton.com forward slash PP210 for episode 210. And um, there you will find the show notes and links and everything. Paula, how did you get onto this journey? How did you become a artist? 
I've always been an artist, a painter, and a drawing things. Even when I was little, I was always doodling, doodling in the sand, doodling everywhere, doodling, you know, my class notes in physics in pictures and sharing them with people who couldn't understand things. And I was a brand expert for large ad agencies on the visual side and creative director for new business. And so I found Essence and drew it out for all huge, huge international brands. I became a solo entrepreneur, actually. Um, when I was requested to work for private clients, but the start of it really, um, looking into the heart of things and finding the essence to share, started actually with my heart stopping. I actually passed away. I'm one of the 1% of the 1.7% that survive an aneurysm to your stomach, the main artery. And I zipped into the other world and was stopped by my father and said, you have to go back. You have to find purpose, help people find purpose. And so I came back and I spent 10 years looking at what happened to me when my heart stopped. And it led me to a lot of exploration of why and how that happened. And I have this natural capability of finding the essence and the heartbeat of other people and actually igniting that and getting their aha moments and getting them unfrustrated because when you're stuck, and you're frustrated and you're not communicating your ideas to other people so you can succeed them, you're really frustrated. And I'll tell you now, you don't have to have your heart stopped to find your heart essence. So you need to find your what. And that's my purpose and my passion is to find other people's what's. So I'm back. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I totally agree. It's so important to find our what or find our why, depending on who you're listening to or reading, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a huge part in my business because I was chasing income for the longest time. I was doing things because everybody else was doing them. Just like, as you already mentioned, when we were talking about the chronic idea disorder image and I found myself, I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it on here, but I found myself broke and broken. And that is such a hard place to be at. Just, I I felt like I was a cat chasing my own tail. (laughs) what the, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And it took me 10 years to formulate what the heck I was doing. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, when you really find your passion, there's many, many different vehicles for you to express that. The important thing, as you're saying, is to find that deep down unique purpose of your what, discover it, and then find out how to, how to present it to the world and then use that foundation to show it. And the key point is showing it and showing up like, positive productivity implies it's it's a total teamwork to find yourself and then when you self-empower that what you self-empower many many people around you and so i know what it is like to be broken broken as well and it's letting go of all those things those mind tricks those ego things that you need to make friends with and merge it with your heart thing which is your what and that's when you become rich in so many ways so you're absolutely correct Paula, what was going on in your life when you had your aneurysm? I was actually a freelance. I decided to go freelance uh, creative director in good old Los Angeles for major, major ad firms. And I was, I was always in the lead of new business. And I was in the middle of a divorce. And I was set to go see my ex-mother-in-law, who was passing away from lung cancer and flying up to Portland. And we hadn't told her that we were separated. And so I visited her, and I was in the middle of a lot of change. Um, Just moved to L.A., and 
being separated. So a lot of my old world was falling away, wasn't working full time, contract working. And my message to my mother-in-law at the time was, I'm not feeling well. I think this one's just for me. And after my hospitalization period and my recuperation, I just knew deep down in my heart that I wasn't supposed to be contracting out to the large agencies anymore, but what to do. So it was a huge journey. And I continued on with being a creative director. At the same time, I picked up my fine art. And at the same time, I picked up a lot of invisible tools like feng shui, um, finding out that I am indeed a telepath and an empath. So I use all those tools to connect my heart to my mind to make it all sense for me and then roll it out for other people in terms of coaching and quick sketch art. art. And at the time, I was doing a lot of TV storyboarding for conceptual boards for major companies in Japan and doing a lot of offshore work for them, which was all visual communications and showing story without words. So I seemed to fit in perfectly with that. So it just it was a natural lead-in to becoming a graphic facilitator and a quick sketch artist, telling other people's stories and a brand and you know whatever they wanted to speak. So that's how it became. My life was a pure mess when I started this. <laughs> oh wow! And how did the name Hardest and listeners? That's H E A R T I S T. Hardest. How did that name come about? I'm always intrigued by these kinds of stories. Oh, that kept repeating itself when people were coming to me and they find they found out I was a fine artist and um, found the heart or the essence of things. And even in my fine art, there's a light source that is the essence and is the center of draw for the painting. And there, it's just sort of a magnetic thing. And in my branding situation, I was a brand activist and I was always told that I go right to the heart of things, right to the heart. And so I just became a heartist when when all this when all this evolved because i go to the heart of things in even expressing communications for classes and workshops i find the key factor the heart factor the heart essence of everything that is drawn out so you can get to the point really quick so i'm sort of like a um diana um archer where you hit the bullseye right in the heart all the time right in the heart of the bullseye that's what i naturally do so that's how hardest came along that's amazing. I love it. We, I, I started to ask you a question right before we started recording, but then I decided, and, and we talked about it briefly, that it would be great to ask on here. Have you ever dealt with burnout and how do you prevent burnout in your life and business? Because so much of what you do, you are the one who has to and can do it. I mean, I know you could build a team, but this is, I mean, you are the hardest. So how do you prevent burnout? Yes, I've been through many periods of burnouts because when you're really passionate about something, as you know, you just tend to do it, do it, do it. And I have two cats here to remind me to eat. And uh, I just dive into this um, this flurry of drawing and also helping people and asking key questions. And I really rely on a great process of schedule. I have a set schedule, and that that satisfies my brain and my logic. It also satisfies my physicality and my spirit because you need to have a harmony between play and what we call work. And when you're passionate about something, it's almost all play, and you don't define it as work. 
So I have to define my work by sticking to a schedule. And this is how I help my clients as well is I usually find them in the series of burnout. And you can tell that is, as you know, they're into that chronic idea disorder where they're just flipping and flopping around and they don't have any grounding. And it's really important to have some sort of process set down where you take a day off, you take time off, you take breaks. Like I'll concentrate on something for 10 minutes, take a break, and then get back on it and just count my 20 minutes that I spend on each thing. I get up off, away from my desk, go for walks, call somebody on the phone. I make a break in what I am doing. And I almost set a clock by my computer sometimes. So that's really important. Yes, I just recently went through a little bit of burnout because I was um, attending the New Media Summit and traveling a lot and maintaining my schedule and my work. And finally, I just had to come home and just say, okay, I'm shutting down for two days. And you have to get some sleep. So it's all a matter of setting people's expectations of return on when you're going to return calls. It's all scheduling in my mind. It really is. And I've seen it be magical for my clients as well. You have to know there's a power in saying yes, but there's a huge power in saying no and setting some boundaries. So I've, I've become a very good naysayer, so to speak. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of power in saying no. My husband actually taught me, and I think this was just one of his little aha moments. He taught me, be the bonsai. He's like, he said, cut the weaker cut the weaker branches off your business so that you can let the strong ones grow. And that was, let me think, that was early 2015, I believe, or late 2015. And I was dealing with a very difficult client and he was right. Sometimes you just need to let those go and say no. And every time I do, I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit before the show, there might be a little bit of financial uncomfortableness, but everything else seems to soar. And then the financial catches up. Yes. Yes. Because I think what you're pointing to is that you're working with people who are aligned with what your positive energy is. And that's a very, very good point. And to add to that, if you're working with somebody or have an associate with somebody, even from friendship or business or whatever, and you feel really tired, you feel really tired every time you engage with them, I call it the um, don't go into the sleep zone. Because if you feel really tired, they're actually draining your energy. And I, and as I call them vampires. And so you have to get rid of the business and, and friend and associate vampires that just take everything from you. And usually when you're a coach or you're an empath or have sensitive issues, you know, they sniff you out. And so you've got to recognize them very, very fast. And, you know, there's always other people that they can be resourced by and helped by, but they're just not aligned with you. And so I love the bonsai um, analogy. And don't, if you find yourself really sleepy after you talk with somebody or, or coaching somebody, you've got to really look at that and analyze to see if you're a real good match. While you were just talking, I realized, yeah, you're totally right. They, they're a life sucker. And yeah. in the latest, um, thankfully, I don't have any of those now, but I just let one go about three weeks ago. And what I've just realized, it sort of all, well, just clicked in my brain while you were talking. I realized that by letting this client stay in 
my life and in my business, I was not embodying my own brand. Right. So it wasn't going as well as I wanted it to. And that's what I see as a problem sometimes with a lot of my clients. They're not embodying their own brand. Right. So their brands aren't growing as much as they should. Yeah. And my belief is that the heart of who you are is the masterpiece of your story. And your brand is your story. And you need to become that storyteller telling your brand every day. And that's why it's so important to really have your what or your purpose as a touchstone. So you can go back. And when you feel like you're off path, when you feel when you're off path, you're full of fear, possibly um, anxiety, restlessness, when you get those feelings, you know, if you know your what or your purpose, you can go back and have that as a touchstone and really reignite your story. And that is the heart. That's the heartbeat of who you are and your brand, as you're saying. You, and pretty soon when you cancel out those things that aren't going along with your story and it doesn't mix, you're filling up your story with mid-story stuff that other people can see and they get confused. And, you know, it, you just have to be with your fellow storytellers that are totally aligned with your what. So it's very, very important to have that foundation. So when you go off path a little bit, which we all do, you can come back and say, oh, man, I've got this list here. This is the requirement of my story, of my brand, of my heartbeat. So I think you're absolutely correct. I have to admit that I don't always go by all the suggestions that I share on the Positive Productivity Podcast just because, hey, I'm per- I'm perfectly imperfect. The 25 minutes of work followed by the five minutes of break doesn't always work for me just because I'll be in the middle of something and I don't want to leave it. But what I'll find sometimes is that 25 minutes of work has turned into three hours. Yeah. And I'm sorry to you, Paula, and to all the listeners. I know this is TMI, but all of a sudden it hits me. And by it, I mean my bladder. My bladder is my reminder of you need to take a break. It's like, bang, you better run. Yep. And I and I do think it's because you're so passionate about what you do. And I get into the same thing. And Lord, I love to follow my schedule. And I know I have it. And I bounce around a little bit because we are we are all we're all whole. And that means we're all imperfect. And it's okay. It really is okay. And I think my two cats are my reminder, as well as an oncoming um, headache from not eating at the right time is my reminder when I get into that flow of being too deep into my flow. So we all have our triggers. And I don't think we have to um, be so harsh on ourselves for not following our own advice. I usually say, hey, you want to make a mistake? Hey, that just makes me really sexy, you know? So I just give myself a pat on the back for being aware that I've sort of gone off track a little bit. (laughs) When I find myself getting grouchy in my work, that's when I realize that I need to go eat. And some days, well, there's a few days a week during the week that my husband is home with me. And he doesn't share an office with me anymore, but he'll come out and I'll be very quiet. I am an introvert, but I can chat. Like I can talk a lot. And if I'm quiet, all he says to me is, what do you want to eat? <laughs> or I'll just, I'm like, I'm like,
like the Snickers commercial. Oh. You know, I transform into somebody else when I'm Me hungry. too. You, you and I are much alike there. When I was in the editing bay for TV commercials, uh, the editor would come in. And I have a little bit of a filing disorder in my brain where I, when I get really hungry uh, and I need some sugar or something, I will start talking in opposites, uh, like near is far. And so they, and then they go to the freezer and they, they, they usually took out a frozen Snicker bar and threw it at me and said, eat. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to have, you have to have good people around you to remind you sometimes. <laughs> Well, I just feel bad for my husband because not only do I get the hangries or the hungry grumpies, but my daughters and my, my youngest son get it too. And actually, now that I think about it, my 15-year-old got home from school yesterday and he was mad that somebody had eaten the pizza that was left over from the night before. <laughs> it was me. It was in the refrigerator. I was hungry. I ate it. But he had not planned his morning well and he had not eaten breakfast. He forgot his lunch in the fridge and he got home with the hungry grumpies too. Oh yeah. And I just said, hold up, go get something to eat. And then after the hungry grumpies exit your body, may you re-enter the yes. office. <laughs> yes. I, I do love those. I do love the Snickers commercials because I, I, I too get that. Uh, the issue I have here, the only recipients of my hungry grumpies are my two cats. So they just look at me and run. And I said, oh, oh, I, I need something to eat. <laughs> Paula, chronic idea disorder just struck, I think, uh, an image on the hungry grum grumpies or the hangries would be a great representation or a great or a great image on the coaching page. Are you so caught up in chronic idea disorder that you forget to eat and you look like this? Yeah. 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 I'll be I'll be requesting that one next. <laughs> yes. I I'd, I'd love to do that because I'd be drawing right from direct source. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so share what's exciting in your world right now. But actually, no, pause that thought. What are you using for your calendar? Are you using a physical planner? Do you have reminders on your phone? How are you remembering to do these things with the exception of your cats? I have a giant uh, printed out desk calendar on my wall. I find that with my energies, I'm I'm a shaman, an alakai, and I have very different energies coming out of my body than most people. And I tried all sorts of calendars online, iPads. I've got every electronic device known to man because I love fooling with technology. And I have broken every single one of them. So I can't really rely on the electronic ones. And so I jot down things in the day runner. I jot down things physically because when I find out that when I put the pen in my hand and it ends to paper and it's very old fashioned, I know it goes into my system and I can remember it and I can pull it up just, you know, very quickly just in my thoughts as well as I can walk into my office and see this big old calendar with all sorts of red notes on it. And I'm a visual person. So that, that tends to work for me best. And it's a bit old-fashioned. I've tried everything else. I even I was a beta tester for the Wizard when it first came out, and I froze that machine up, and everybody was laughing. Um, so I have this funky energy with machines. All my all my watches stop within two months of the batteries. So I don't trust the machines to the calendars. Old-fashioned. Well, I I can't say that I break technology. 
However, my cell phone is currently missing because my littles were watching YouTube kids on it and they killed the battery and they can't tell me where they were watching it. Oh, geez. They, <laughs> they purposely hide things. So it's not like I can call it to find out where it is because it's dead. Yeah. But we have found that they've hidden things in their play kitchen or in the little like trunk of their tricycle or there was... There was one, there was like a three month period where I could not find my car keys. Like I had to get a replacement made because I had actually left the car keys in the, in the little storage section of the stroller. And it was the middle of like, I put it in there in like November and then we didn't go on a walk for three more months. Yeah. But I just did not remember that that's where my keys were. But going back to technology, I actually keep my whole to-do lists like the entire thing everything in my brain in trello but i take oh that's good yeah but i don't want to see everything because then i'm just going to get way overwhelmed so i will take the top three out and put it into my planner i'm a pen and paper girl myself like i journal on a notebook or in a notebook i when i'm watching trainings i use that same notebook to take any notes and then not shameless plug this is something of 2017. I've realized that I cannot be ashamed of promoting my own stuff. Um, I have the positive product. Right? <laughs> it's so it's so hard for me to promote my own stuff, but I realize I need to get over that. Yeah. Um, I developed the positive productivity planner, which has space for me to write down the top three personal items and the top three professional items. And listeners, if you haven't gotten your copy yet or requested your copy yet, I guess I should be using proper English, you can go to the kimsutton.com forward slash 7DP to get your copy of, get your free copy of the 7-day version of the planner. But yeah, I'm going to go get one, Kim. <laughs> uh, there's also a 30-day version. And just because you're special, I'll send that to you after the show. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Because what I liked about what you mentioned is that you had a definite slot for personal and a definite slot for work. And that is what I'd love to drive home with anybody I talk to. There needs to be a harmony between the two. So I just, I really applaud that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's actually one of the biggest obstacles I faced while building this business and also while building my first business 10 years ago is that I was neglecting myself personally. Uh, just, uh, I recently published an article on Thrive Global about how I spent six days in the mental hospital in 2008. And it was because I had been neglecting my sleep and then also my thyroid. I've been, I've had hypothyroidism since birth, but nobody had ever actually told me why I needed to take my medicine. And I know that's a sorry excuse for not taking it. However, I probably went a few months without taking it and I got severely anxious. I actually started hallucinating. Yeah. Um, and I got to the point where I was suicidal and and wound up in the mental hospital but the little you know we can easily shoo shoo the things that in our personal life that aren't beneficial financially like getting our hair cut or going to get a massage or even going grocery shopping I'm guilty of that sometimes 
But things like getting blood work so you can get a refill on your prescription, that needs to be at the top of our calendar, of our personal to-do list, so that we don't spend another week in the mental hospital. Yes. And what you're saying is so important. And I find that a lot of people I'm doing work for are really missing that aspect. And I just keep saying, keep letting them know, I want to see, I want to know, I want you to journal during your lunch about something other than work. I want you to report back to me that you're taking care of yourself because if you don't have your health, I mean, look, look at it feng shui wise. There's you know nine life paths that you can energetically fulfill. And then in the center of it is health and well-being and balance. And out that center, none of the other life aspects happen, career, partnership, you know, fame. So you're absolutely correct. And I just... Uh, I I think that we need to take more advantage of that to um, play more and work less. And we'll probably get a lot more aligned clients to us when we do that. Because when we play, we're actually giving people and ourselves the opportunity to really know us and to really see us and to avoid that hospitalization like, you know, all of us go through every once in a while. Yeah, I completely agree. And and if listeners, if you're not familiar with anything about the thyroid, it, it basically takes care of your metabolism for your body, like uh, digesting food and keeping your energy up. And I, I really didn't know that much about it. I was almost 30. I'd been dealing with hypothyroidism for 30 years, and I had no idea what it actually meant for myself. But when I was hospitalized, they drew blood. And when the results came back, the doctor actually said, well, I'm sort of surprised that you're even still alive. Wow. Because you're, I don't even... I don't know if it's TSH or T4. I don't remember which number they gave me, but they said that my number should have been between 0.1 and 0.2. And my number came back at 168. Jeez. And they said that is at the point of organ failure. Yeah. Right. So I'm God gave me a another chance yeah. for a reason. He didn't you know, have me drop dead then. I mean, just like your, yes, your aneurysm. I mean, there's a reason why you didn't die Yeah. then. You have a, you have a, a message to share and a purpose to do. And I was really embarrassed about my stay in the mental hospital for years. Yeah. But I realized that by sharing that message, that's, that's a purpose. That's my purpose. I need to share the experiences. Yes. And I too share the you know, the embarrassment of dying and coming back. And most people would say, well, how, why didn't you take better care of yourself? I said, well, I didn't even know that was going on in my body. It was, it was just something burst. And, but it burst because I was under such stress. So the stress, I think, brought it on. And not knowing is um, one way of dealing with it. But when you know the things, then you can really learn from them. And you definitely are back for to share your purpose and your experiences, because literally, you shouldn't be walking the earth with those type of numbers. And um, that just gives me chills all over my body that you're here and you're, you're sharing this wonderful, wonderful um, action plan to be live a positive lifestyle. And that's taking care of yourself and acknowledging yourself for for that effort and you know it's sharing your purpose without without apology so your experiences are your experiences without apology and that's so empowering to other people so i i really appreciate you sharing that because 
I've always felt like such a small minutia number to share my experience. And it took me 10 years to even talk about it. But I think, though, that we often get surrounded by that in social media. So many people are sharing what they've done and the achievements that they've had. And whether or not those achievements are even factual, I mean, because they could be making them up. Oh, I just had a six-figure launch. Let me teach you how to achieve one for yourself. Pay me X figure and I'll show you how to make it work. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. There's a lot of that going around. Yes. Yeah. But what if we just share our experiences to help each other? Paula, I think you'll appreciate this next part too. It's so important to take care of ourselves before something like that happens because if we're hospitalized and and this is sad and I'm not trying to cause a debate here, but so often we'll get, and especially in America, it's just the truth, we'll get hospitalized and they'll look at the symptoms and they'll prescribe us medications. And they're not even looking at the root causes for why something happened. For example, your stress. When I was hospitalized, they put me on Wellbutrin, Prozac, and Ativan, which are three very powerful drugs. But in all actuality, I didn't need to be on any of those three. I needed to take my thyroid medication, take care of my thyroid. Yeah. By the way, if anybody's listening and has like holistic thyroid treatments, I would be so interested in talking to you. And then I also needed to sleep because I was only sleeping two to three hours a night consistently. And if I just had been doing those things, then I wouldn't have been hospitalized and I wouldn't have had to take well, no, I didn't have to take them. I actually got fired when I, by my psychiatrist when I stopped taking them. But I wouldn't have been prescribed those drugs. The painful part of that whole process was not the mental hospital stay. It was actually those drugs. Mm-hmm. When, I would, when I would look at a white sheet of paper, unlike my previous self, I would see white. And I don't know if you know this about me, Paula, but I was an interior architect for 10 years. Yeah. I went to art school. Yeah. So looking at white paper and seeing white, Mm -hmm. that was difficult. Like I I wanted to know where my ideas went and why I didn't have anything that was trying to jump out of my pencil. Yeah. But all of a sudden it was just gone. Yep. Yeah. And I couldn't live like that. Yeah, it's, it's, we all get trapped in the doing part. And that's, that's the mind part. And I think that many people just go to the brink, the edge of the cliff, because they're being driven by their mind and all their shoulds and their woulds. And it just reminds me so clearly of what you have to let go of. And you have to let go of following all those do things and merging it with what you're here for. And I think it's sort of like a hero's journey that everybody seems to be latching on to now where, you know, you, you have a very successful career at something and then you just have these moments or crises that happen. And then you either realize what you need to be doing to be a whole self and a healthy self, or you, or you go down a very miserable path and make everybody else miserable around you. And you can still make a lot of money, but you aren't really all that happy. You're not happy with your life. And so that blank piece of paper is very important to accept, you know, and I look at a blank piece of paper and I go, oh, I have to fill it. No, you really don't. What fills you up first? Then you fill up the paper. 
So it's, it's reverse psychology to what your mind says. And especially with a thyroid, you're, you're probably hypo, hypoactive. You're either really slow or you're really sped up with, with the symptoms that you, you must have had. And go, go, go all the time, and it just reinforces it. No sleep. And when you, when you do sleep in Hawaii, according to Hawaiian philosophy, sleep is real, and day is the dream. So in sleep, you accomplish a lot. And if you aren't letting yourself accomplish a lot in your dreams, to find your dreams and to really listen to what your dreams are saying, then your daytime is hectic and frenetic and frustrating and downright disappointing. So I think it all goes back to really paying attention to what your body is saying. Your body speaks to you. There's tons of holistic books out there talking about energy the energies that your body gives off that you need to listen to. And I don't think people are taking time to listen to other people, to their own selves and their own needs. So I think it has a lot to do with taking time to listen to your own realities. And then it's sort of like putting on the oxygen mask on you before you put it on your child. You got to treat yourself really, really well. So I agree with, with, coming to the brink and then making making these wonderful decisions that that get you into the light again. So I really commend you on your journey. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you. Like you were talking about, you know, being the hero's journey where you're doing something that's just not working. I but I was jumping from one thing that just wasn't working to seeing somebody else doing something that wasn't working and jumping to that instead, instead of taking that time yeah. to find my why and my what. Yeah. And that's a miserable pattern to be following listeners i want to challenge you today and i'm sure paula would probably agree to really do some soul searching and find your why or your what and i didn't intend it to go this way paula but i think this would be a great time to tell listeners about your quest map well thanks to start your quest i call it a quest because it's a journey. It's, it's all a journey. Um, I'm offering a free PDF, a five-step, your five-step purpose quest map for you to start digging in. And just to start your journey or to validate your journey, it's a neat little tool. So you can find it on the links to this podcast. And um, it's called your five-step purpose quest map. And hopefully you can take that journey through downloading this and following it step by step and then giving me a call and discussing it and seeing where you want to go. So that leads to a sketch quest that I do for people for, you know, just one place that you're stuck in. We have an hour long conversation that uh, gives you a visual summary and a lot of aha moments happen from that. And you, and you're able to see your own voice and your own obstacles and your own solutions. So, but to start, you know, take advantage of this um, purpose map so thanks, Kim. Listeners, you know there is no script for the Positive Productivity Podcast, and that was not rehearsed at all. But we did that pretty perfectly, yeah, Paula? Like, segueing? Yeah! That was not <laughs> planned at all. I love it when conversations just go quite, like, just like that. That was awesome. Paula, where can listeners find you online and connect with you even outside of the five-step purpose quest map and the one-hour sketch fest? Yes, you can find me, get a hold of me through my website, www.chelightful.com and, and Paula at chelightful.com. That's 
H-I-L-I-G-H-T-F-U-L.com. And also just to see my quick sketch stuff, I've got another website that you can go to. It's picturestorming.com. So that's a little bit easier to spell. But I'd love to connect up with you and uh, find out where your um, solutions can be coming from, from your what and where your heart is. And, and so to help you express that what and find it. It's so important. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Listeners, if you're driving or working out right now, you'll be able to find all of the links that we just mentioned at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP210. Paula, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the Positive Productivity Podcast. Do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Yes. And thank you so much, Kim. It's such a joy to talk to a a very positive and aligned heart soul as such as you. And I really encourage you. It's all about your story. It's your heart story. Find it, talk it, walk it, lead, lead by it and share it with others. And you'll find that you'll empower yourself and you'll empower everyone around you. And you're very special. So find that special sweet spot in your heart. 